0: Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Okay, guys, I had to go back into the archives to pull out this episode from 2018 with my girl Angelica Torres because it is such a good interview and so many of you are new to the podcast a lot of you have discovered the show and gone back and like binged every episode shout out to you guys incredible but i also realized that for new listeners like you guys have missed out on some pretty amazing conversations and this episode was so good i i found myself listening back to it like oh wow i i had this conversation and heard the episode when it came out but But I'm getting new things from it, new perspectives. Angelica is just incredible. I originally titled this Serving Authenticity, which was actually like really foreshadowing. If you guys watch Pose or if you've seen Paris is Burning, you know that in drag balls, there are different categories. So it's like you can be serving like Parisian supermodel realness and then everyone will walk in that category. I always appreciated Angelica's authenticity. So I called this Serving Authenticity. Now, Angelica has appeared on the second season of Pose, so I like get so excited when I see her on screen because I'm like, yes, work, you're incredible. But I've seen so much conversation continuing around the rights of trans people, about trans women specifically, and I just think it's so important that we take the time to understand stories of trans women and recognize that trans women are women. And Angelica is just amazing. I feel privileged to know her and I know you guys are going to love her too. Okay, we're going to take a quick break for some advertisements and then we're going to get into this conversation with Angelica. If you guys learned something from this episode, please share it. Share it on your Instagram stories, share it with friends, get the word out. Thank you all for supporting naked beauty join our instagram community at naked beauty planet where you can connect with me and everyone else who loves the show i love it over there i call it naked beauty planet because i feel like it's like my little world my little corner of instagram where i get to know all of you guys i'm at brooke duvard if you want to follow me on my personal account as well and thank you for everyone who has subscribed and taken the time to rate and review the podcast i so so appreciate it All right, let's get into it. Self-care and routine are always important, but now more than ever, whatever you're using to get ready for the day should make you feel amazing. I want to talk to you guys about the brand Billy. They've recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. No pink tax, no visit to the drugstore, no breaking the bank. Go to MyBilly.com to get their starter kit for just $9. That includes their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and a magnetic holder that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. And Billy is out to change more than just the way you shave. They just released three completely clean must have products to add to your routine lip balm dry shampoo and face wipes so stock up on those I bring my face wipes to the beach after a long day I want to get all of that sunscreen off once the sun is set and I live for the face wipes they are great the Billy razor is also wonderful it just glides on your skin and leaves your legs so silky smooth it's actually insane I use this razor, I follow up with my homemade shea butter, and it's actually just a perfect self-care moment. Go to mybilly.com to meet the razor that made everyone start talking about razors. They're an allure best of beauty winner and on Nylon's beauty hit list for a reason. And to express a little love for our show, go to mybilly.com slash naked. It's a small way you can support Naked Beauty while getting the best razor you will ever own. It's just $9 to get your starter kit, plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash naked. Spelled my Billy B I L L I E dot com slash naked. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury,
1: And Angelica, you
0: are also from New York.
1: I am. So I grew up on uh, Lexington between 99th and 98th Street. Okay. So, so like is borderline that... Upper East Side. Uh, Board-
0: and borderline Uptown. Yes,
1: exactly. So it's, uh, it's mostly considered El Barrio. Oh, oh Spanish, Spanish Harlem. Harlem. Yeah.
0: Ah, I feel like I like my reference is like a Santana song. It's <laughs> that really sad? You know, the song Maria? Like
1: I love
0: yes. <laughs> yes. Like there was always this like romantic allure around Spanish. And every time we would drive by, I can remember so vividly in the summer, like people sitting out on their stoops, playing games, like.
1: That's the stuff that used to piss me off, actually.
0: (laughs) You were like, shut
1: up. I was like, stop it. I swear to God, when it would become like 70 or 80 degrees, everyone would be hanging out in front of the building, blasting their boom boxes. And I'm like, oh my God, can I watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer in peace?
0: I, okay, this is. Let me live. Let me live. (laughs) Let me
1: live my best life.
0: This is a very specific reference that I think you only really understand if you were in New York 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when 50 Cent Mm -hmm. dropped his mixtape and literally every single car in New York was just like blaring, like in the club, like Mm -hmm. Wangster before that? Like it was like, like 50 Cent Mm -hmm. was like.
1: Well, I heard, so I did hear a lot of 50 Cent. <laughs> from my window. Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. heard uh, of course I heard the classics, Biggie, Tupac. Yeah. Um, me personally, Little Kim, DeBrat. Oh. That's that's the kind of shit that I was blasting yeah. on my own studio yes. was like yes. DeBrat and Little Kim. Yeah. Much to the chagrin of my mother, Lisa. I mean,
0: it's so interesting because you're right. Growing up we had Missy, DeBrat, yes. Lil Kim. Oh and
1: Missy. Oh, I feel oh, bad. Um Missy oh, Yes, missy, misdemeanor. So it's, it's
0: weird to me when people are like Nikki versus Cardi. I'm like, I gr- we there had no we versus. had several. Like there are there's room. Like, yes. Why are they against each other?
1: Exactly. Why are we always and I and I have a theory that and this exists Please in Hollywood and in, in the music industry. We have this obsession with pitting women against, against each, each other. other. So true. And especially with women of color and especially with rappers. Mm. I don't quite understand it. Like, why do we have to create beef between Nikki and Cardi? Really? Stop the comparisons. Yeah. Let, just, that, let, let them be. Let I, them be their own individual artists.
0: I honestly couldn't agree more. It, I know. Frustrates I know. Me. But also, like, Azalea Banks is also an... and She's... So she's interesting because she's super talented, but her personality and attitude has gotten in the way of her finding success. And I think she kind of bought into the cattiness early on. It seems like she's adjusted now.
1: Uh, Has she, though? She came for Cardi. Like, for no damn reason. I know. Like, don't come for me if I did not send for you, is what I always say. Yes. Cardi is hood. Let her be hood. I like she, Yes, yeah, she's not the most eloquent speaker. She's right. not right. the most well written person, and she doesn't claim to be. She's, she's always claimed. She's always
0: owned who she is
1: from day one. Yeah, like on her Instagram, which I followed her like forever ago. Same. Prior to love and hip hop. Same, and, same, same.
0: What a voice. Like,
1: let me tell you something. <laughs> like, I, yes, I always yes. used to live for her. Like, yeah, I live same. for her authenticity, yes. her honesty, yeah. and just her her brashness. Just, live yeah. love her. She's amazing. Get a she's cardi. amazing. You better work. It's
0: so interesting that you bring up this sense of, like, having a voice. And I think it's the kind of thing, so this is mm-hmm. segwaying into, like, why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because mm-hmm. I think you have a really powerful and authentic voice. And I don't know if you realize that you do, but like when you speak, people really stop and listen. Mm. And it's like a very powerful, it's an amazing quality to have.
1: I did not know that. Yes. Yes. And,
0: when you, you well, I don't know. Can I talk about the, this yeah, meeting please. that happened? Yeah, okay, absolutely. I just want to.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: You know, we were in, we were at work in a very kind of public setting and we were doing trans sensitivity training. And then I was sitting way in the back. I came mm-hmm. late.
1: I didn't even know you were there. <laughs> yeah,
0: I came, I came late. And then I heard a voice on the mic say, mm-hmm. as a trans woman, and I was like, who's talking? Like I didn't. And then I saw that it was you and I saw how like in that moment you were, you were your such true self, mm-hmm. like you were speaking from your heart in this really powerful way. And I'm sure you could see the emotion in the room. I mean, people were in tears. People were on video conference yeah. in tears, you know? yeah And there is such power in just speaking your truth mm-hmm. and speaking from your heart. And yeah. that's why we love people like Cardi. And that's why I think you're, you know, yes. such a powerful mm-hmm. woman. It's like, It's this really amazing quality.
1: I, you know, I sat there in that room and I was listening to uh, my colleagues telling their stories about, well, one person in particular, I won't say her name just to respect Mm -hmm. her privacy, um, but she has a trans um, nephew, I believe. Mm -hmm. She was in tears and just so distraught and scared for her family member Mm -hmm. for for what they're enduring and what's to come and all, right. all of these things. And at the end of it, she was like, honestly, I just want to, I just want to figure out how to support my my family member. And then two other folks were speaking and what really brought me to tears, what really just like, just a dagger to the heart was when we went over the statistics right. of, of trans women of color being murdered And the suicide rates, and I'm getting chills. Yeah. Um, And immediately, why? the reason why I got so emotional is because I recognized that could have been me. Mm. At any point in time, uh, that very well could have been me. Uh, And it it was me. Like, I have had, uh, truth be told, I have had suicide attempts. Mm. I've struggled with depression and anxiety and PTSD for most of my life. Mm. And... I'm just amazed that I'm still even here. So to see to to see those statistics really just like brought it home for me. And as everyone was telling their stories, mm. I sat in that room and I, and I thought to myself, I would be such a hypocrite if I didn't speak up mm-hmm. and say something to my colleagues. I felt as though I was in a safe space. Granted, it was a it was an amphitheater, amphitheater at Viacom like what for the for the listeners In um this this, uh, for the public that has not seen yeah. the amphitheater it's huge it's not like some small conference room like not it's, at all it's an actual theater within <laughs> the Viacom built
0: <laughs> it's like a Roman amphitheater it's like like you're on the mic literally literally there's like a flat screen tv yep the size of like someone's bedroom mm-hmm. with like people dialed in, literally, from other off. I mean, it was like a very open yes. forum,
1: yes. And is, for such an open forum, it felt yes, so so there was a lot intimate. of love in the
0: space. Yes. yes, I could feel that,
1: and I and I just felt safe and comfortable enough to be able to share my story because everyone was under the impression that, that they didn't meet a trans person ever yes. in their life.
0: So, I was going to ask you, was that your first time? kind of expressing that out loud at work?
1: It's interesting. So my first corporate job, I was outed by a colleague. And this is during the MySpace what? days. This is during the and MySpace And so when
0: you say days. outed, what is what does that mean exactly? Like they told...
1: So I, I discovered a conversation. Um, do you remember the MySpace comments section on everyone's page? So I discovered uh, a conversation between my colleague and my colleague's wife. What? And it was something along the lines of, yeah, she has an Adam's apple. So that's like a clear indication <gasps> that she's a man. And what? I discovered this on her, my profile page. And I sat on my computer oh in my disbelief. God. I broke into tears and, and to like have to go into work and try to ignore that. That was just such a traumatizing thing for me and I was I was doing a lot of um advocacy work in the media space so I did two documentaries for MSNBC I was on Oprah which is a whole what
0: (laughs) wait literally record scratch stop hold up wait a minute do you realize that I I shook her hand last week and I I'm still shook like I, you've met the queen. <laughs> I, I met the queen. I was watching the royal wedding and like when she mm-hmm. walked in, I was so much more hyped than like, I was like, yes, Oprah You were this, more
1: hyped for Oprah than you were for, <laughs> yes. for Megan.
0: Wait, when were you on Oprah? So this was in 2007. Why are you doing this raggedy little <laughs>
1: podcast? <laughs> this is not raggedy. Oh I'm my doing God. this from a home, girl, Brooke. Wait, yeah. you were on Oprah in 2007? In 2007 when she still had her television show. This is pre-owned. So like Um,
0: millions of people saw this. What were you on Oprah for?
1: So in 2007, I was contacted by the producers over at Oprah about um, doing an episode uh, revolving around trans families. Mm. It was me and another trans man that were on the show. We actually did the same documentary together for MSNBC. Who was the... His name is Jake. Jake, okay. I... Went on there. I was actually homeless at the time. I was living um, in this amazing uh, nonprofit organization called Ali Fournay Center. Okay. So they're a shelter system for LGBT youth. They are absolutely amazing.
0: Are they all over the country?
1: Uh, But they're all all over New York. New York. Okay. We're we're um, they're hoping to expand more because the homeless epidemic in the city is insane. But anyway, back to Oprah. So. I was so excited at, to to, to yeah. meet the queen. Yeah, and I mean, to, and her to, energy
0: alone. Like. I
1: know. Well, the thing was, I had a rather bad experience. Really? I, and I actually discussed this with Janet Mock. Hey, Janet, girl. She was asking me a line of questions. Not very much. I actually noticed that she shied away from speaking to me and that might've been because I didn't have any family members present, which mm. we'll get to later. Okay. Um, but when she was asking me questions, they, they were rather, uh, they were rather condescending. And give me an example. A, oh, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, so she, <laughs> it's not even a, re- it wasn't really even a question. It was more of a statement with a question mark at the end, I don't know. So I'll tell you what she said. She was like, "So you're a boy with a penis? What? Which makes you a boy? What? And I was, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. This yeah. is 2007. 2007. No, she misgendered me on <gasps> national television. If I had pearls, to clutch. I know. I'm, I'm clutching my invisible ones. What? Um, and that's my heart. Oh my God. Oh my God. My heart immediately sank. And think if Jake is uh, just so happens to be listening. Thank you, Jake, for stepping in because I was most people that know me, like if I'm in an uncomfortable situation, I'll kind of just like clam up and be like, "Eh." right. So when she said that to me, I like, I did the exact same thing. I kind of just like shoulders up. And I was right. just like, mm, like, and then Jake was like, well, actually, no, that's not true. And I was wow. like, and he was like 16 at the Good time. I was like, thank you, Jake. Like you, you, my homie. Wow. But that was, that was such a pivotal moment. Wow. And it actually kind of scared me back into, I don't want to say a closet cause I was never in a closet <laughs> ever, darling. But, um, I definitely think it hindered my want to be an advocate for my community. Yes. yes. So locally.
0: And, and so how I, old were you at the time? I was twenty-one. That's that is a, I would argue, potentially traumatic thing to experience mm-hmm. on such a public platform. But I would also argue that an experience like that probably mm-hmm. in a lot of ways helped inform who you are today and you're right. Because you're like This has happened to me on national television with Oprah. So what, like, what amphitheater, what, like, like, very much that, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how the, the things that happen to you kind of all end up making you, they give you character. Exactly. So, okay. So let's go all the way back, all the way back. So you went to Harvey Milk High School. I did. Tell me a little bit about Harvey Milk.
1: So, um, Harvey Milk High School is a phenomenal, um, Well, actually, they're the first nationally accredited high school for LGBT youth. And so I want to preface that with they do not shy away from welcoming students that identify as cis heterosexuals. Got it. They do welcome students. um, I went to school with some of them as well. But the school is mainly for folks that identify as LGBT, right. uh, gender nonconforming, mm-hmm. gender non-binary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the story that led up to me going to the high school is sad. Um, I, at, I believe it was when I was 13 years old. I had a suicide attempt. I um, I was going to Catholic school and... With that came Catholicism. Uh, yeah, is I know. Heavy it's for anyone. Religion. I mean, organized yeah. religion in general, in general which yeah. I really shy away from for right. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, long story short, I was bullied tremendously on a day-to-day basis, and which mm-hmm. led, and with my depression it mm-hmm. led to a suicide attempt, and so I was at um, admitted to Lenox Hill Hospital, wow. and I really wish I. Could remember my doctor's name because um, the doctor that was assigned to me, she was the one that told me about the Harvey Milk High School. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> shut up. There's a <laughs> high school for LGBT youth where they can feel safe and comfortable. Like, sign me up. Like, yeah. sold, check, please. Like, let's go. Like, I want to go now. So I ended up doing an interview there. And keep in mind, in 2000, Harvey Milk was much, much smaller. Uh, I believe they had, in total, a room for 75 students. In the entire high school. In the entire high school. And that's including the GED program. Wow. So, uh, I mean, the waiting list was crazy, crazy But of course, you're smart and charming. Even even at 13 years old, I was like, You're like, I've got this. I'm getting in there like uh, come hell or high water. I am getting in there. Right. Right. And I aced my interview and I, that was such a pivotal time in my life because that's where I was, I was able to put a name Mm -hmm. to what it was that I was feeling because Mm -hmm. I'd always known that I was a female. How, how early? Oh, early. And uh, folks always ask me like, how did you know? Or. It's, it just and, was, and I, yeah. It just was. It just right. is. Um, it's it's very much like how if I'm speaking to a cis heterosexual person, a female, for instance, like, well, how did you know that you were female, or how right. did you know that you liked boys? Right. It's it's not like a conscious know. decision.
0: It's just who you are,
1: exactly. But I I think we, I think society complicates that and makes it out to be this. This thing that's so unrecognizable. When in actuality, we can all relate to that feeling of just like coming into your own, right. and knowing who you are. Right. Yeah. And that's all it really is. It's, it's such a simple concept, but again, right. people. But I think that probably at a
0: younger age, you're forced to confront mm-hmm. who you truly feel feel to be inside in a way that. Other people may not come to until like their twenties and thirties, yes. right? So you're dealing mm-hmm. with these very adult feelings at a really young age, very, like
1: very much. So. Right? I had to grow up at a very early age. Yeah, and I think that adds to um, my personality and why I, I'm I'm a big kid. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an, and I own this. I'm a child in a grown woman's body, <laughs> and I think that's because I didn't have. I didn't really have a great, I well, I definitely didn't have a great childhood at all. Mm. Did your and parents
0: so, not react well to the news? Well, I
1: never met my father. So okay. um, my father was incarcerated, uh, I believe, at the time that I was born. Um, and Lisa was 18. and Okay. And Lisa's cold. your mom. Yes. Um, I call her Lisa uh, for a number of reasons. Yeah, it's just like crazy like looking back at it all and Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we've come a long way in terms of understanding and and people having even awareness of the right language. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine that for Lisa being such a young mom, she may not like and I don't I don't know anything about her or but knowing how much we know now thinking about then and just access to that awareness, I think really impacts your ability to like understand and empathize even with your own
1: child. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? I absolutely understand. And I recognize that it could not have been easy for an 18 year old mother to become a mother, right? let alone to give birth to a child that uh, was assigned the wrong gender at birth and, and not really having the kind of access to to the, uh, to the internet back then or or to television shows or documentaries or anything. Like there wasn't very much information that she could reach out on and, and learn about this. However, I truly feel that if you have a child, you love that child no matter what.
0: Yes. And you didn't feel that she.
1: she, Definitely not.
0: Mm. Um, Are you in contact at all?
1: mm -mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she contacted me about two years ago. She attempted to do a meetup and I took a day or two to think about it. And I got back to her. I was like, sure. But I was so in my emotions and so, like all over the place. I was in the process of looking for a new apartment, <laughs> but yeah, she just like contacted me at the wrong time. And, mm-hmm. um, I had posted on my Facebook, which I, I shake my head. At. I regret this, but I was like, made this crazy status update like where do you go to meet the woman that uh abandoned you and oh. um I don't want to have her in my house but I I don't feel comfortable meeting her at her house uh, it was just mm-hmm. like this whole like po- like post that i that I made on Facebook. You probably just needed
0: to get it out, right? I did. It's such a heavy thing to deal with. It
1: was such a heavy thing to deal yeah. with, especially like with the, the process of moving. Like I think there's oh like three things in life that are the most emotional, which is like a death in your life, moving, and something else. So, I Maybe was like it's moving. It's yeah. so emotional. Yeah. And so, um to this day I'm not entirely sure who did it, but someone contacted Lisa and said This is what Angelica said. And so I get a text message the day that we're supposed to meet up. Like, all I wanted to do was mend fences, but it seems that you want to throw a bunch of vitriol at me and God only knows what else. So I won't be coming tomorrow. I still love you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, girl, bye. (laughs) Like, Well, saying (sighs) saying
0: that, she loves you with something, right? Because you realize that some kids don't even get that.
1: I absolutely agree with yeah. you. My whole thing is um oh, and the reason why we've we've had this shattered uh relationship is when I was whew, when I was 18 years old, um I was uh, dating a guy that I had yet to disclose to. Mhm. I had every intention of doing so, but uh, it's there's no that's right like, or wrong yeah. way to disclose to somebody, you know. Like, and it's
0: like how early. It's like to say it's super early on. It's kind of like okay, someone asked like, you, like, yeah, like, like thank you, yeah. Like I'm
1: not asking about anything between your legs. So why, right. like, why do you expect to know what's going on between my right? It's like so rude. Early on. It's yes. like almost
0: rude. Right. Yeah. So, like
1: I'm actually uh, offended when when guys are like, why don't you tell me sooner? I'm like, because it was none of your damn business. Yeah. So sooner. Like, the, no matter what's you. going on, like yes. it's none of your
0: business. Like we literally just met. It's not exactly first date
1: conversation. Exactly. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Che- can, can we have a to that truly? Toast. Like, toast. so um, long story short, uh, Lisa found out and she gave me an ultimatum of I can either leave the house and I had no. Sorry, else to she go. found
0: out about your relationship yes, or that she, she okay. found out
1: that I was seeing someone that did not know okay. Before
0: um, you before eighteen, yeah. when you like did you at one point disclose to her?
1: I actually never okay. so interesting. Did you story. start presenting?
0: Like when did that change in terms of like your presentation and
1: Yeah. So I had uh <laughs> It's so funny because I'd come out as gay. I'd uh, okay. identify as gay because that's all of it that I knew, right, at that point in time right. as a, as a young child. And again, there wasn't the internet, so like, yeah, you just hear it through word of mouth. Yeah. And through kids are cruel, so they would call me gay, faggot, this, Ugh. that. So like that's how I, unfortunately, that's how I found out about what that word was and what it meant. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, well, that must be what I am. Mm -hmm. You know, as a child, you're always searching for your identity and Mm -hmm. to understand yourself a little bit more. And to answer your question, I never actually um, disclosed to Lisa that I was, that I was trans Mm -hmm. or that I, that I felt as though I was uh, born in the wrong body. I never, Mm. I never told her that she found out on her own, and then she also went through my clothes. So I was I was wearing uh, female clothes, but much baggier. So okay. like if I would go to the Gap and buy jeans from yeah. the women's section and yeah. and Forever Twenty One, but they would they would be women's clothes, but right. they were they would be, be a, a little more tom tomboyish. Right. Right. Uh, you know, a little tomboy chic. <laughs> so <laughs> um, she discovered all of those clothes and I had a couple of, of items of makeup. And she was like, so here's the situation. You can either leave, where, which I had nowhere to go, or uh, you could, uh, or we're cutting your hair.
0: <sighs> and wow. my hair was
1: like just about as, it's like, Way past my shoulders at this point. Like, so that's about how long my hair was.
0: It's interesting that cutting the hair, it seems, it seems like it's almost symbolic, right? It's like, well, mm-hmm. if we cut your hair, then you'll cut all of this out yeah. and start acting. Cut out
1: all the female, right? The, the feminine aspects. Right. And you're you like, I'll just
0: having a chic pixie cut. Okay. Like, it's not going like,
1: to change it. <laughs> like, cut it off. Giving you Mia Farrow, exactly. Rosemary's exactly. baby Exactly. Realness. Right. Like, yes. I always remember that, uh, this one episode of America's Next Top Model. Um, oh,
0: I used to live for that show, Early Seasons. Same, Everything.
1: Same. Um, which actually I was on as well. <laughs> <That> Girl, <same. laughs> what? What were you doing on top? it That's fabulous. Same. So, um, the same exact episode that ISIS was discovered on, I was on the, I was in that, um, that episode as no well. Way. So Tyra wanted to do a homeless themed shoot, and so she. Um, oh my I'm, gosh! She, I'm think go I think I I think I remember
0: this. And I you might love looking back. Remember. It's kind of problematic. I know <laughs> a homeless Girl. themed shoot. Look, like, I remember this her I re- talk
1: show too. She, yes. she was like, I'm gonna sleep on the streets right now. I was like, oh my Tyra. gosh,
0: Tyra Banks' talk show was so problematic. <laughs> so I extra. look. There's an episode where she like reveals her hair for the first time. Have I know. you seen that? She's like, I have. she like walks out with her hair like, what? She's like this. <laughs> Is my hair and it was like coming up next, like Tyra, and it was like they were teasing it. There were like literal commercials to be like Tyra Banks without any fake without hair. Any
1: hair. And it's only done. What? How backwards were we? I know. I yeah. Know. But okay. but that's what that's what the crowd was living for at the time, <laughs> and also like to to her and. Just to back her up a little bit, like, you know, black women, black women have always had, and we were actually having a discussion about hair yesterday Mm -hmm. We were where we always feel as though straight hair is the way to go. Right. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very much like a white woman thing. And so like we try to blend as white women in in some way. I
0: want to get into like our personal perceptions on this, but Mm. I do think that one of the things that needs to be addressed when you're talking about like hair extensions like lots of white women have hair extensions like i think a lot of people think it's like a thing that women of color do but it's Mm -hmm. like they all have hair extensions white
1: women wear wigs too right like white women wear extensions yeah
0: yeah so just want to put that out there because i think a lot of times Mm -hmm. people say that it's like always like black women trying to look white and it's like White women live for some like yep. silky and Hawaiian 22 and an, and inch weave too. And a light,
1: light tan, you exactly. know, like.
0: Yeah. Oh. So that's something that we are all afflicted by yes, of all races. True. Also within, and you're, I should say you're you're Puerto Rican and
1: Dominican, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And uh, distant Danish. I I attribute that to my tallness. You are very tall. Yeah. And I have like freckles. Right. And I'm the lightest of my immediate family.
0: Interesting. And yeah, and I want to talk about colorism within the community as well. But I think that Mm -hmm. there is like ingrained in you from an early age that straight hair is better because Mm -hmm. I remember getting my hair straightened for special, like picture day and, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to hot comb your hair. And so you just begin to associate like, oh, it's better when it's straighter. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's precisely what I felt growing up. I would watch Lisa and my grandmother, for instance, relaxing their hair all the time. I don't even, and it's not to say that they didn't rock their natural hair, but just looking back, I don't recall ever seeing Either, um, well, mostly my mother, Lisa, with her hair in its natural, like, curly state, mm-hmm. um, because it was it was it was like borderline fro, like the way that her hair was. Right. It was much kinkier than mine, and so watching that, I I just instinctively thought that straight hair was more beautiful. And so for years, um, probably when I started growing up, my hair at fourteen, I would always flat iron my hair. And I actually did. I chemically relaxed my hair like once or twice. Oh wow! And it wasn't until maybe like three or four years ago that I started rocking my my hair in its natural waviness. And I started getting all these compliments yeah, from people. Sad. They're they're just like, yeah. Oh my god, I love your hair! Yeah. What did you do to it? Like, is it naturally like that? I'm like, Yeah, honey, yeah. I mean, this is mine. <laughs> like, this all mine. mine. She's all mine. mine. Yes. Gro- grown out of grown out of my my head. Exactly. And I've. I've found such comfort mm-hmm. uh, again in my hair. I always have found comfort in my hair, but mm-hmm. I feel embracing my hair and it's the, natural. the way that it naturally is. Absolutely. It's like Huge. priceless. It's yeah. priceless.
0: Yeah. I no, wouldn't trade it for anything. So important. Let's talk about, so you are half Dominican, half Puerto Rican and a mm-hmm. little bit Danish. A little
1: bit Danish. Yes.
0: And the deepness or like the, how dark your complexion is. Is kind of a measure of beauty within the Latin community
1: as well. Oh yes, yeah. the Latin community, the African American Im- community, Asian community, Asian. all. And cultures. It just baffles me. I know we were discussing this earlier. I follow uh, a makeup influencer called uh, Nima Tang. Go follow her. Like she I is have a link to her in the show notes. So flaky. Like her makeup is always on point. Her yeah. skin is gorgeous. And she just so happens to be a very, very dark complexion. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's what we call like black purple. Right. And I think that her and complexion she's, yeah, is she's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah. i'd like even even if she didn't have the the facial features that she does, I would still yeah, think her to skin alone that, is that complexion dead. is yeah. stunning.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh she she's mentioned in her own community she's faced some some racism from Again, from her own people of color, which right. I don't understand. Yeah. I personally have I don't feel as though I've experienced any sorts of Well, you're really fair. Yes. Right? Yes. But did and you I do recognize that? Yeah.
0: And did you but growing up, did you hear people say like don't mm-hmm. be in the sun too long or say that someone was less attractive because they had darker skin?
1: Yes. I have, I have heard that, um, and I have been told that, like, don't stay out in the sun too long. And in my mind, I'm like, why? Like, I want to get my tan on. If I'm <laughs> yes. going to Miami, if, yes. I, if I'm going to Turks and Caicos, of I want to get a tan. I yes. want to get dark. I think yes. dark is beautiful.
0: Yeah. But
1: there's so many people that do not, and especially people of color, like, they don't see it the same way, which I, uh, I, just, I don't understand it. I think things are getting better. Um, Absolutely. Like the world is becoming much more inclusive. We're starting to recognize that beauty comes in all shapes, sizes, colors.
0: Yes. And even when like Fenty, like people were like, surprise. It's like, yeah, if you make stuff that actually like fits a range of skin tones, of course it's going to be a success because we've been underserved. We've been criminally underserved. For far too long. For far too long. So, like...
1: How many many of these makeup brands have been around for, and yet you still have, like, a limited amount of shades available and foundation? And Fenty, with their first product launch, like... Sold right out, like re take all my money. Yes, like, take it. Fenty Beauty, Savage yes. Fenty, like take it. Yes,
0: off. oh my gosh, I've heard amazing things about Savage. Like, growing up, who were your beauty idols? Like who did you look to oh to be like this is This is literally my look.
1: So I had the immeasurable honor of meeting the iconic Kevin Al Kwan oh, at when, when I was a okay. student at Harvey Milk.
0: Stop it. I, First of all, his book, his, I know his book, Making Faces. I
1: know I have it. It's on my coffee table. Game changer. Like, game changer. Like he... His he, concealer, wearing it right now. Okay, like,
0: okay. Live for Kevin. I okay. Ha- I have when did his, you uh, meet
1: him? I met him when I was probably like 14 or 15 years old. Girl, okay. You've met Kevin. You've met, met Tyra. I, you've met Oprah. Like, I, I can't... Like, didn't meet Ty- I didn't meet Tyra, actually. Okay, you were just on the show. I was just on the okay. show, but I did meet um, Mr. J. I met Miss J several okay. times. Amazing. Um, but, yeah, like... And Kevin was such a kind, humble, sweet person. And I w- wish I would have known back then, like, how big of a presence yes, he was. Yes. Because, like, I was a 14-year-old kid. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, there's a makeup artist coming. Yeah. But I didn't realize to what extent, like, yes. his reach was. Yeah. And so his techniques are foolproof, Flawless. Yeah. his line is everything. Yeah. Like shout, shout out to the people that are it's like so, so many, I, but, it's, but worth it. it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, so
0: good. it's so worth it. Hey guys, hope you're loving the episode so far. Taking a very quick break to give a shout out to the sponsor, Curology Skincare. I am on month number three with this product. It's a customized skincare solution just for you. Whether you have hyperpigmentation, fine lines wrinkles, acne, you take a little mini quiz, they pair you with a provider, this person sticks with you. Like I literally can message her whenever I have a question. She's been super responsive so far. It's a really good program. And I think if you don't have time to get to a dermatologist or you can't afford it, I would highly recommend Curology. There's a special link just for my listeners in the show notes. So check out that link. With that link, all the Naked Beauty listeners get their first month free. They just have to pay for shipping. It's a really great product. I would not recommend it if it was not. All right. Let's get back into the discussion with Angelica.
1: Also, I cannot wait for Pose on Me Fx. Too. I'm so excited Jan- for that. Hey, Janet. Yeah. Like, literally, I'm so, like, I'm so lit about it because... Finally, we're really going to understand like where all of the terminology yes. and the dance moves. Right.
0: Because it's been co-opted so much into mainstream culture that people, mm-hmm. it's like you are taking language from a culture that you know nothing about yeah. and you need to understand the history. Yes.
1: Like when Cardi language. says, oh, Car-, yeah, that, that comes, that comes from the ballroom scene. Hun- yeah. Hunty comes from yes. the LGBT Pretty much scene. everything. Yes. Yeah.
0: Realness. Yes.
1: yes. And I, I, Talking about appropriation, it. I feel as though when people are saying these words, it is borderline appropriation. On absolutely um, um, within the LGBT community, yeah. but I do appreciate that it's becoming more mainstream because people are starting starting to understand the the community more and embrace. Yes, the community absolutely,
0: absolutely, and I think RuPaul's Drag Race has played a really <laughs> big part of that that's
1: problematic as fuck as well
0: well because RuPaul mm. fucked up
1: okay and RuPaul, he and, and and I love owned you Ru I, I be know better just do better
0: he, I feel like he owned the well we should explain what he said yes
1: RuPaul did an interview I can't remember if it was new now next or something but anyway he was asked if he would ever welcome an openly trans female or a cisgendered female. And cisgender, for those of you that don't know, is uh, folks that are born, assigned a certain gender at birth and identify as right. such in, in adulthood. Right. And RuPaul responded with, no, drag is more of a boys club. Um, I would definitely not openly. And I was just like, what? What?" Like, what? Like a boys, like, and also that choice of work. I know. I I was just like, girl, be better. Like, yeah, I, it just like, it blew my mind. And then he came back with this apology and like, yeah. you know, trans women have done so much for this community, which we have. Of Google course. Marsha P. Johnson, Google uh, Sylvia Rivera. Yes. Like, let's, let's bring it back and, and pay homage to the yes. women, the trans women. Yes, absolutely. That, that. Pioneers, really pioneer, yes, for us. Like, ugh. just like I, I get goosebumps talking about it because it just it frustrates me so much that even with it, we were talking about colorism in our in our own community, but also within the LGBT community, we experience transphobia within the community, right? Right. Which is crazy to me. Because it's like you understand what it feels like to be... ostracized right. for, for simply loving someone of the same gender or both genders. So right. why... Ugh, I have been called a tranny by gay guys. I've been hey. like... I, girl. Like, it's been such an interesting experience. But it's also educated me because I, I also realized that... The T portion of LGBT really does not belong in there. So LG- lesbian, gay, bisexual, those are sexual orientations. Transgender, gender, gender non-binary, yes. gender non-conforming, yes. those are gender identities. That is, two completely different things.
0: That is such an amazing point that I've literally never thought about.
1: Yeah, because most people wouldn't. And I started to learn about it once I was figuring out my own identity and Coming into my own self, and I just thought to myself one day, I was like, "Wait a minute! Like transgender is a gender identity, not a sexual sexuality. orientation. Yeah, so yeah. why why is it looped in?" And I understand there's more there's more power in numbers, you know. But like, and we need to support each other, yes. absolutely. But it's not the same thing, people. Like, right? <laughs> it's just right. not. And also. The tea portion gets left out of stuff a lot. Like the, the, um, the lesbian and gay center, where's the transgender in there? Mm -hmm. You'll, you'll find often that when people are talking, when people are talking about the LGBT community, they mainly focus on the LGB and sort of leave out the tea in the conversation. Right. Right. So we're always sort of left in the shadows and, and not, brought up enough or we're not we're not given a voice or a platform to speak right about about our lives and about our struggles and our issues it's very frustrating it's very very frustrating. yes i
0: can i can imagine so there's there's an amazing woman that mm-hmm. i met at south by southwest uh a black trans woman who has a podcast and she mm. was just talking about the power of telling her story i will link to her podcast in the show notes for everyone but i do think yes there it's mm. so important to Create more platforms for all, like different type, like every single walk of life, yes. and that's the only way that we're going to get better. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people are like, I don't know, like, the, do you feel like people kind of tiptoe around it, or they're uncomfortable, or?
1: Um, I've well, actually, I found that people tend to be very brazen with um <laughs> okay. their their line of questioning, which is problematic as fuck right. at, at times, yeah, right? Because people tend to focus on the wrong things. They're asking the wrong questions. Right. Right. Um They're getting they probably wanted,
0: too technical yes. and physical. And you're like, they, they want
1: to know about the surgery. Like the first thing that they, that they want to know about is surgeries. And in my mind, I'm like, sweetie, I'm not asking about
0: your medical history. Had, yes.
1: I'm not, yeah. I'm not asking about what you've had done. Like be respectful of my journey and be respectful of the fact that I'm choosing to share something very deeply personal with you and ask the right questions. Don't just ask whatever comes to your mind because when you do that, it makes me, it makes us feel, um, well, Ashley, now I'll speak for me. It makes me feel some type of way and it makes me feel as though you're not really trying to understand. You're more so just trying to nitpick and, and be nosy and ask Ask these right, really salacious questions, yeah, so in that situation, do you check people? oh I absolutely, well, I do you never say, used do you say to. okay, this
0: is a teachable mm-hmm. moment. they're ignorant. Let mm-hmm. me help them, or are you just like I can't even
1: so when I was much younger, I felt as though it was my duty to uh tell to educate people mm-hmm. like and and that was that was me being not only young but also me wanting to. To genuinely just educate folks because it wasn't being discussed back then, like Mm -hmm. back in the early 2000s, nobody was talking about trans men and women or gender non-binary. And so my whole thing was, okay, if people are asking about this, I can absolutely like answer questions and help them understand. But then as I got older... And start start to become more self-aware and you're confident. like it's not my I'm job. i like, it's not my job. Yes. It is not my job to educate the entire world. Yes. Like I did my part. I feel as though like I yes. did my part yes, yeah. well before yes. like a lot of a lot of people were doing it. I wanted to allow myself to tell my story on my own terms. Mm. And I and I feel so strong and confident and comfortable in knowing that I'm in a place where. I can choose if and when I want to disclose someone, right, right? And I can check them if they're they're like, "Well, girl, did you have the surgery?" I'm like, "Well, it's none of your damn business." It's none of your but damn what else? Yeah. What else? Like, what else would yes. you like to know aside from like what surgeries I've had, right? If any, right. because surgery is um, for anyone, not just trans men and women surgery is an option and and, and surgery is something that is a personal choice yeah I mean if I met
0: half of the women that I interact with when I was like so what have you done to your faces is it Botox here and a a little Restylane Mm -hmm. here and like it seems like you've done they would be so offended they
1: would be like why are you all up in
0: my face yeah it's like why can't people extend that same courtesy
1: to trans women and, and men like it Again, like something that boggles my mind.
0: Okay. Well, I know you're a beauty girl. Because yes. you, you, you're doing face masks, you're doing amazing make, like you do it you all. Know. So I, I have to ask oh. you, what are the three beauty products <clears throat> or beauty trends that you're obsessed with?
1: Okay. So my first uh, beauty must have is the MAC Long Last Liner. Is so, that a pencil or a liner? Uh, so it's a I liquid liner. I mean, a, a liquid. Okay. It's a liquid liner with a, a very thin brush tip. Mm-hmm. And... One of the first ever makeup things that I first started to do when was your friend eyeliner. Kevin Aquan taught okay. you. I mean, because you dropped that <laughs> name in, earlier. Peace, Kevin, <laughs> I miss you. No, but like, yeah, going through his book. And then also I was obsessed again with Christina Aguilera. She and, did have a very and, strong liquid yes, winged
0: liner. Yes. I remember it vividly.
1: I mean Moulin Rouge, Heller. Yes. Like everything. <laughs> yeah. And um Sarah Michelle Geller. She would have like this tiny little like wings liner yeah, that it's I was like. Live that flick. For. Yes, and I like think
0: flick. you I think you need a liquid liner to get that really precise yep. flick. It's hard to get with the pencil.
1: Exactly. So what I first started doing was I was playing around with a pencil liner. Just, just to get the gist of it, because mm-hmm. I was doing it freehand and it took me forever to perfect, uh, my wing liner, my, my cat eye. So years went by. I would try different products and I came across the MAC long last liner and it does not move. It's waterproof for anything. Yeah. It's actually not even marketed as waterproof. It's just, it's just a liner less, that stays yeah. for days. That's like, amazing. I mean, this is borderline embarrassing, but like I've, Fall asleep, like drunkenly at night with that liner on. And I wake up and it's like, like hashtag I woke up like this, like (laughs) ready for brunch. It is still sitting like it's still there. It has not moved. Yes. Who else has a really
0: good look? uh, Cat eye Adele.
1: Yeah. Every time, every
0: every Adele video, I'm like, let me get into this cat eye all day, every day.
1: Like that cat eye is always perfection, and Ariana Grande too.
0: Oh, does she? I I feel like her ponytail makes more of a statement to me than the liner. (laughs) That's true. I'm like, are you going to change up the ponytail ever, ever,
1: ever? Like Ariana. Girl. It's fine.
0: I'll let her have her ponytail. Let, like, let, okay. Let her what other ponytail. beauty products do you so, love? So
1: also the Clinique Stay Mad Hydrator. Everyone loves Clinique skincare.
0: You're just, <sighs> I, I mean, my last guess was like, I'm a Clinique skincare girl.
1: Okay, so not only do I love the Clinique skincare, I also love Clinique Happy. And I was actually really offended when somebody was like, "Oh, that's like an old lady perfume." It's a a I was like, Excuse me. It's a classic. Like it, it's so fresh and so citrusy. But anyway, back to the hydrator. It. Um, I tend to have a bit of oily skin. I sweat a lot naturally. So it just kind of gives me that like nice matte mm-hmm. finish. It's almost like a primer. Nice. So it just like gets me ready for the day. Okay, amazing. And then also the Boscia Luminizing Black Mask. You've probably seen it of um, online. Like it's everything. It just sucks out all the... Dirt and impurities and ickiness and it's a little pricey it's like 34 bucks I know but the only reason I've like tried
0: around. it is because Sephora gives it away yeah you like buy exactly like so I've like literally like used one sample and I was like this is great and yeah. I saw the price and I was like mm, I'm gonna stick to my like Rasool clay masks that I mix
1: with water that's right. but so oh, it's, yes. it's worth it you think it's so worth okay. it I mean I've definitely noticed a difference in terms of afterwards like my skin feels fresher i can you know when you you like take off a a a nose strip and you like stare stare. yeah yeah. it's like i'll sometimes do that with my mask and be like oh my god i can see the little impurities you little (laughs) bastard get out of here get out of here Uh, so there's that and then also a good friend of mine named fred connor shout out to fred.nyc he has a um, a salon downtown on 192 Orchard Street. Okay. So he does my hair and mm-hmm. he always does an amazing job. But okay. he also has a skincare line of his own. Nice. And it's very inclusive of women of darker complexions, which I, I was like, this is genius. I don't know why. Like, is this pre-Fenty? This is pre-Fenty. Okay. So he was on the wave. Yes. Like he was totally on it. But like he has something called um, a mineral sheer tinted moisturizer which I'm wearing right now.
0: Oh, wow. It doesn't and, look like you're wearing anything. Exactly.
1: But it's just gives me a nice little glow, a nice little tint of like gold flecks here and there, but it's not heavy. It's really, really light. Moisturizes my skin, which is really important. We were t- <laughs> we were talking about like how <laughs> you couldn't believe I was 31 yesterday. Okay. Because
0: Angelica, <laughs> I literally <laughs> thought that this is your first job out of college. <laughs> When you told me you were 31, I was like,
1: (laughs) I I was dead. So you attributed,
0: I think some of it has to be genetic, but you think moisturized just played a big role. I
1: I definitely think that um, it's it's probably my genes. And I can't thank Lisa for very many things, (laughs) but when it comes to my genes and, you know, she did give me some good genes in terms of my skincare, but also moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Like I... Always tell people this. I'm like moisturize, sure it's so important, yes. especially as you get older. Definitely. Um, and so my last little tidbit is um, Lush anything love, Lush, yeah, any really anything, but I especially love the Lush Secret Arts Jelly Bomb, just a little stuff. I don't hair. know that one. Oh, is it a bath gel- bomb? Yes, it okay, is a bath bomb. It's um, do you have it's a bathtub? Charcoal. I do, fancy. Okay, uh, that's girl. rare, and I need a bathtub like i i grew up with a bathtub so i can't move into an apartment and just have a shower it yes. feels
0: like a lack of luxury odd. i know it just feels yeah.
1: odd to me so yes lush anything but especially their secret arts jelly bomb i will have to try that it turns in, it literally turns your water into jelly that's so it's, cool it's kind of a pain in the ass to, to clean wash your off it afterwards because sure. it's also dark like it's black Oh, wow. It's like and it just, like, hydrates oil. your skin? Yes. Like, I literally walked out of that feeling just, like, mm. like buttery cocoa goodness. Interesting. Like, okay, I have to try like, this. Yes, I would highly recommend it.
0: All their product, everything I've tried from Lush is been fantastic. Everything.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, another store that I walked into, and I was like, okay, take all my money. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I know. I know.
1: So, okay, and
0: then beauty trends that you are really over.
1: Mm. Okay, so... This whole feathered brow thing, what trend, is? That? I'm really <laughs> utterly confused by it. I don't get it. I <laughs> I'm listen. and I'm all about like makeup artists, yeah, expressing we should themselves. explain
0: it's hard to explain it's though so hard
1: to explain. like they essentially <laughs> like like brush, um, their eyebrows to look into like, like a feather,
0: shapes. like bird feathers, yes, bird feathers.
1: <laughs> so weird. And it's so. Odd have to you ever me. seen
0: it in real life beyond beauty bloggers? I've never seen it in real life.
1: I've never seen it in real life either. So that's why so I'm like, I, is
0: it like the squiggle brow? Is it like not a real thing?
1: You know, it's
0: like it's I, just bad. Yeah. It,
1: like if if that died out tomorrow, I would not be upset. I would. <laughs> I would, would just, just be like, tear. hey, rest in peace. Like you had your moment. Moving on. Yeah. I, I <laughs> feel like, you. Yeah. Let's talk about glitter brows. Yeah.
0: I feel like you wear glitter really well. I like whenever every time I put on glitter, I'm like, no, not working. And every time I see a picture of you with glitter, or anything, I'm like, this looks really fast.
1: Oh, my God. That. That mat, that firming mask that I have, I feel so bad. Oh, Glam Glow. So yeah, Glam Glow yeah, had a collaboration with My Little Pony, and that's the mask that I think you're referring to. It's like bright hot pink with glitter. It has glitter in it. <laughs> and really I was amazing. just like, oh my God, I found I found a mask that matches my personality. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Any other beauty trends you're totally over?
1: Um, I'm happy to see that's this. Sorry, Snicky, but I'm happy to see that the Snicky poof is is now over. Do you remember bumpets? Of course. Why was that a thing? Like, why? No, honestly, like, why was that a thing?
0: It's interesting because, like, it was bumpets were obviously very lame. But then I feel like Amy Winehouse, when she came out, her hair was cool, but yes. like only on her.
1: Yeah. Do you only know what I mean? It's like, like that was that was a signature thing of Amy's, and she rocked it so well. But then everyone and their mother started trying to do the snucky look. And I was like, I was just like, no, just don't. Just, just please. <laughs> just, yeah. That's no. So very that, happily that, in the past. Yes. <laughs> that, that I'm like, rest in peace. You're done. Like never to see you again. Um, other than that, I'm, again, I am all about like, ex- I'm all about people expressing themselves, especially with their hair, with their yeah. makeup. So I, I try not to be too negative and be like, mm. I think
0: one of the things that I've realized about like trends and personal tastes, like there's this famous quote that says elegance is refusal. Mm. And I think that the reason why I ask people like the trends that they're over is because I think that silently in <laughs> our heads,
1: judging.
0: well, we're all thinking like, I'm really over this. Mm-hmm. And I think that, The more that we can like put it out there that like you don't have to be a slave to these things that are hot for the moment and just like be yourself and do what you think looks good yeah then you'll have much better personal style your own look like you don't have to slavishly follow these things that are like hot for one moment try
1: so hard Hard. like. uh especially with the the fashion brands that and I'm sure you know you know exactly what I'm talking about the ones that like, are made for Instagram jeans, like like all these cut out jeans and then yeah. mom jeans with plastic in them they're it's literally like, for Instagram
0: they're, like they're sold on Instagram nobody's buying these things they by Instagram people
1: exactly like nobody's buying these things yeah. nobody wants these things like go away <laughs> jeans like, with
0: plastic though why do like I know why? exactly what you I mean? Made? you
1: know exactly what I'm talking about and so do your viewers it's like, like this
0: it's like this genre of clothing that I feel like kind of came up in the past, like, few years. That's, like, just for people to take back Instagram. But you know what I haven't tried? And, like, Loki. I'm very curious to try hmm. Fashion Nova.
1: <laughs> oh, same. Actually, right? like, I'm, I do not know like I'm, I'm, I'm one click away yes, I'm, ordering you know, something on same, Fashion. Like, I've been I know
0: sleeping on it for far too long. I, I just keep seeing. And I know that it's probably super cheap. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not ethically made.
1: Probably not but, but i like, they keep so seeing stuff and i'm like Wait, i know this and cardi reps them I like know. cardi goes hard for for I fashion nova
0: so okay final question yes when do you feel most beautiful
1: oh god okay i was actually like, <laughs> dreading this question
0: everyone does <laughs> yeah
1: i know like i was listening to uh, your podcast with kate Stewart. i was like well yeah because that's a really that's a really hard question to ask most And I'll speak for myself mostly because I'm very self-deprecating and I grew up being very, very self-conscious and very shy, Mm -hmm. which most people, and I'm still very shy. Most people just don't realize it. Like I hide it really well. I take issue with calling myself beautiful or thinking of myself as beautiful because Mm. of just the trauma of of growing up as a trans female and, and, and. Literally, like, I've had, like, in my past, I've had people, like, yell at me on the street, like, that's a man, that's a dude. And so, in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, I'm so ugly, like, I'm not pretty. And and you're
0: gorgeous. I mean, you are, objectively.
1: And it took me, honestly, it took me a really long time to even, like, look Realize someone that. in the face. No, like, just, like, look someone in the face and say thank you, mm. because I would always look down and be like, no, I'm not. Yes. Like, I, I would just, I would really just be like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm ugly. And also, like, in high school, I had really bad acne. So, it was just, A big like, girl, everyone did. We all did. But we yeah. all did. Except for those, like, unicorns. Those, like, perfect girls that had a perfect scene. I'm like, I hate you. But anyway, I... I had to choose two moments in my life that I felt most beautiful. Okay. So the first time was when I graduate, when I was graduating from Harvey Milk and we have, we have a prom uh, every year. Were you prom queen? I was prom queen. Of course. And I I should have known. I still have my tiara to this day because again, being, I I graduated at 17. I was, um, I graduated a year early and to to be a young trans woman and to have finally like come into myself and understood what was going on in my head and my body to be crowned prom queen when i never even thought that would be possible like to to even live authentically as myself mm-hmm. but to also be recognized as a woman and to be mm-hmm. crown prom queen was so pivotal in my life. And sure. I get—I still get chills because wow. it was just such a beautiful night. And it was just people embracing me and recognizing me as a woman. And it just, it felt so wonderful. So yeah. shout out to Harvey Milk High School <laughs> That's and awesome. the Hedrick Martin Institute. And then my second, the second time that I felt most beautiful, which is actually kind of... <laughs> Like the least beautiful moment, but was when um, I had my bottom surgery last year. So it was actually a, a year ago on April seventh, and I woke up and my my surrogate mom was there because I didn't have any family to be there for me. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I was in an excruciating amount of pain. It's like I I would attribute it to like being hit by a truck. <laughs> Which but, I can't even imagine yeah Like, oh my God, it was so painful. But it was this moment of wanting this one thing, this, this one thing in, in the world so badly mm-hmm. and to finally have it mm-hmm. felt unexplainable. Like I just, I finally felt at peace with my body, with myself, mm-hmm. with my spirit, like everything just... From the moment I walked up, everything just aligned.
0: Wow, and so powerful! It
1: felt like just one of the most beautiful experiences mm. of my life. Also, the most painful. But like, yeah, you had that again, physical and
0: spiritual alignment, yes. probably for the first time. Yeah,
1: like I broke into tears like when I was looking at Taz, and I was just like, "Oh my god, finally! Like, yes. finally this happened!" and and shout out to Obama because if it wasn't for Obamacare, the surgery would not have been covered under mm. uh, under any insurance. Mm. So, hey Barack and Michelle, <laughs> we miss you. We miss you so much. Come back, please. Say yeah, us. seriously. But yeah, like those are two pivotal moments in my life that I will never forget and I will cherish for the rest of my life. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Angelica. Let's do a toast. This was so
0: amazing having you
1: on. Thank Thank you for having me. me.
0: And I will also link to your fabulous Instagram so everyone can follow you yes. and get to know you as well. Love and it. I hope I'm, we're going out this summer. Oh, yeah. Don't forget.
1: Absolutely. I'm ready. I will see you at the woods. Okay. Sometime in the summer. My birth- I'm Aaliyah. My birthday's coming up.
0: up. Uh, yeah, wait. Let's turn up. up. Let's just we're turn it up. Amazing.
1: That's what I'm looking for. I'm wearing down but anytime you go don't want to do that.